welcome to today at Wrestle Kingdom. Everyone likes this theme tune so very much, so I thought I'd bring it back for a couple more days <laughs> before we get to the New Japan Cup, which I'm sure will break you out again. So, today at Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom 15 at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, it was a very good event, I thought. I liked a lot of it, and I think a lot of cool things are going to come out of it. So, let's get started. We started with the Rambo, uh, the 12-man New Japan Rambo. Oh, sorry, 21-man New Japan Rambo, which was a lot of fun. They obviously couldn't do a lot of big surprises. There was one surprise in Rocky Romero, but everything else was as you'd expect it to be, really. It was a lot of fun. It was just fun. Um, and there were some cool storyline bits, like Chase Owens, but Chase Owens gripping onto the bottom rope, old-school-style kind of battle royal deals. There was some cool tag stuff in it. There were some cool alliances in it. Bit strange that Minoru Suzuki, well, the opening sequence was kind of reminiscent of a couple of Royal Rumbles ago where Chase Owens politics to go number one and then Minoru Suzuki turns up and Tomohiro Ishii turns up and that was hardcore and that was fun. Kind of sad that Ishii, uh, Suzuki didn't get the win as I was predicting with Alex Edwards yesterday who <laughs> was going to bring the king of pro wrestling and then hold it with Iron Fist for 12 months. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But the final four was Chase Owens, Bad Luck Farley, Bushi, and Toriyano. Toriyano didn't even get in the ring because he was the last person out as the reigning champion. He had the honour, and by the time he got there, there were only three people left. So Yano didn't have to do any work. Um, Bushi was cheering on Chase Owens and Bad Luck Farley to get rid of everybody else, as you do, and that was that. So three heels versus a babyface tomorrow uh, for the King of Pro Wrestling 2021. And then we actually got to some serious business. Hiromu Takahashi and El Fantasmo. 17 minutes and 46 seconds. Hiromu Takahashi, as we predicted yesterday on the Troopany, or this morning, or like, no, last night on the Troopany show, uh, Hiromu Takahashi had to win this match for the entire weekend to make sense. So it was likely to work this way. Having said that, it wasn't a great match. Um, and the usual shortcomings that we outlined on yesterday, on yesterday's Troopany show of El Fantasmo were all there. It was very spot-heavy, isn't particularly original. He is a great wrestler who has great spots, but I don't think he tells the story he needs to, and he needs more main event experience, which this means will be good for him. He's just really annoying, and I think it's got to the point where it's just too annoying um, to be entertaining anymore. So that was that, really. Um, and Hiromo takes the win. It was very good for what it was, and I, I, I kind of liked it. It wasn't the best thing on the card, though. Getting close to the best thing on the card, though, was the Gorillas of Destiny taking their 7th IWGP Tag Team Championship and becoming the most successful tag team in New Japan professional wrestling history. They defeated Dangerous Techers, Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr., the current champions going into the event, 19 minutes and 18 seconds of a thoroughly entertaining tag team wrestling match. This was really good. You are Dangerous T at his best, Zack Sabre Jr. at his flippant best, and Gorillas of Destiny looked like they were nailed on for this championship. The only kind of flat bit was the finish with a solo finish, which you don't expect in a tag team match. You kind of want a double team finisher, but it was as definitive as you're going to get when Tama, sorry, Tangaloa pinned Tai Chi for the championships, making them the seven-time tag team champions and World Tag League champions. They did it clean-ish. <laughs> kind of as much as clean as you can expect, really. But this was a lot of fun for what it was. I really enjoyed it. And it may have been my favourite match on the card so far. Certainly by that point it was. 
And then there was the single match for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship Challenge Right Certificate. Now, before this match, there was a video for John Moxley. The Pale Rider is coming when, we don't know. Hopefully soon. Satoshi Kojima is, you know, a bit sick of defending this championship. Satoshi Kojima was the challenger for the certificate. And he took, he really poured it on. 40 minutes and 12 seconds. And you were reminded of how good Kojima is. You know, this is the man. This is the guy who ruled all Japan. The guy who ruled New Japan. Former G1 winner. Former IWGP heavyweight champion. Former old triple crown champion. He really knows how to cook when he gets the chance. And this was really good. This was really, really good. It was top-notch Kojima, but even better, it was top-notch Kenta. Kenta's been hit and miss in his New Japan career, really. And he really, really had something to work with here. Kojima was his kind of guy. They're both King's Road guys in that sense. They both have that heavy-hitting, hardcore style. And it worked really, really well. I'd watch these two wrestle all week long. And it was nice to see the old guy just get within a hair's breadth. You know, he didn't take the win, but he was awful close. And that's the kind of thing you need with a match like this. Now, I was threatened to be underwhelmed by this one. <laughs> Hiroshi Tanahashi and the Great Okan had a singles match. See, when I first started getting back into New Japan a few years ago, um, a 17 minutes, 13 second match was kind of main event level for New Japan. That was kind of what they did. You know, the 20 minute, 25 minute match. This was not even as long as the tag team title match. But it was well worth it. This was really good. This was excellent, in fact. Um, I was really impressed with Great Okan because he started to tell a story that's much cleaner. He really knows what he's talking about when it comes to laying a match out and making it fit. Um, his moves make more sense in a singles format than they do in a tag format. And I think the World Tag League effort, though it was good from that team of him and Jeff Cobb, I don't think it was as good as it could have been. Um... I, I think this one, though, was actually a really great performance from Great Okan. And Tanahashi, it takes two to tango, and he was outstanding. Like, another level outstanding. Tanahashi's one of the greatest workers ever. And when you put him in the right environment, like Okan, who's a great natural athlete, got plenty to work with, and there's something to be worth having out of it, he's absolutely the man for the job. I honestly thought that you would get Great Okan taking the win here, but it was kind of a more like, you'll have your day one day, but today is not the day. And it puts Hiroshi Tanahashi back on track, perhaps in the main event picture, certainly in the upper mid-card picture. I wouldn't mind him having to go at the Never Openweight Championship. That would be really interesting. Oh, God. Kazuchika Okada defeated Billy Nomates with B Priestley in 35 minutes and 41 seconds. This was good. For what it was. However, Osprey is trying way too hard. Far too hard to make this work. And that was the annoying thing about it. In one sense. Having said that, Akada can make a brilliant match with anyone. And when someone is naturally talented as Will Osprey, he can make an outstanding match. And that's what it ended up being. Once the rough corners have got knocked off Osprey and his new heel persona, which I don't think anybody likes. I suppose that's the point, but it's just really annoying and not very good um, once that got out of the way and they got down to just being vicious Akada's always going to win that fight and that's the story is Osprey's not here yet he hasn't got that next gear to really crack it as a main event wrestler this match will send him a long way to being a main event wrestler and he looks like a threat and he is a presence in the heavyweight division much more than he ever has been 
Okada's done him a lot of favours here, but it wasn't... It, I'm not saying it's bad. It's actually very, very good. I'm sure Meltzer will give it four and a half stars. They'll probably give it seven. But I think that the actual technical point of view, it was crisp, but this is the Okada I want to see. Scrappy, determined, absolutely going to get what he wants at the end of the day, and that's what he did here. This was outstanding in that sense. Just could be better, I think. I hate to like have a go at Will Ospreay for the sake of having a go at Will Ospreay, because that's not well, fair. I don't think he should be this level in the company, but um, I think that's the issue for me. It's just I kind of bristle at him, and that's where we are, really. But there you go. Got a lot I can do about it. He's got a big money job, and he's there, and not many people like him. But there you go. But Okada, looking like a threat to the heavyweight championship, and that was pushed heavily on commentary as well. Kevin Kelly, Chris Charlton, and Rocky Romero doing a fine job on commentary. It was nice to have them back at ringside reacting where they were. The presentation for this show was absolutely great. The Tokyo Dome. The only issue with it is as you got in later into the matches, because there's less people in there and they're spaced out, I won't say it's 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 just weird. You could hear the voices and the shots, and especially when forum exchanges, you could hear things crack, as you can hear my fridge crack in the back crack in the background. But you could hear things crack into the crowd and they echoed and it kind of on one hand, it sounded really cool. On the other hand, you were going like, it's really empty because they can't put that many people in. But there you go. Then we get to the main event of the evening. Kota Ibushi defeats Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships in 31 minutes and 18 seconds of an utterly brutal match. Uh, Naito and Ibushi pull out all the stops. This was their best match because it wasn't actually as brutal as all that. There's a couple of bumps in it which I wouldn't want anyone to take. But the actual storytelling was on another world. The story that Ibushi has been telling is that he's the most adaptive wrestler. He wrestles the person at their own game and beats them. And that is a brilliant story to tell. NATO's story is that he has a game plan and his game plan has worked and no one's got past that game plan. It took him a long while to find that game plan, but he's got there. And today the game plan didn't work. And that's the important thing. And NATO, just outstanding work, as a champion should be. He was just on a different planet today. And Ibushi, as he's, he's a great wrestler, but he's never really, the story's always been he's not quite got there yet. Well, now he's there. And this was an emphatic win in that sense. And if Ibushi can wrestle like this, all this momentum he's had from the G1 and moving forward, he's unstoppable. And that's your narrative for the next big challenger, which I think is going to be Kazuchi Kakada, and I think it's going to be at Dominion. I think that's a long-term plan in my head. That's what I'd do. Um, but yeah, I think you're going to have a long reign from Ibushi. I'm not suggesting Jay White's not going to win it tomorrow. I kind of think he is, because I don't think they'll go with a one-day reign. It's not a New Japan deal. It's not their kind of thing. But then again, they've never had the opportunity to run two main events back-to-back -back like this. So who knows? I'm really intrigued as to what's going to happen tomorrow. But then again, I'm also intrigued as to whether I'm actually going to be able to watch it from home because we're locked down as a nation. So we'll see. But those that's my review of Wrestle Kingdom 15, night one. I'll be back tomorrow with night two, and I'll be back on Wednesday with New Year's Dash. 
So for now, this is the Troopany Show's James Troopany, who you can find at, on Twitter at Sheriff Lone Star. You can find the show, or the channel, I should say, at Troopany Show on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook, the Troopany Show, and Patreon, where you can keep us free forever for everyone. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>
tomorrow uh, for the King of Pro Wrestling 2021. And then we actually got to some serious business. Hiromu Takahashi and El Fantasmo. 17 minutes and 46 seconds. Hiromu Takahashi, as we predicted yesterday on the Troop and this morning, or like no, last night on the Troop and show, uh, Hiromu Takahashi had to win this match for the entire weekend to make sense. So it was likely to work this way. Having said that, it wasn't a great match. Um, and the usual shortcomings that we outlined on yesterday, onto yesterday's Troopany show of El Fantasma were all there. It was very spot-heavy, isn't particularly original. He is a great wrestler who has great spots, but I don't think he tells the story he needs to, and he needs more main event experience, which this means will be good for him. He's just really annoying, and I think it's got to the point where it's just too annoying um, to be entertaining anymore. So that was that, really. Um, and Hiromo takes the win. It was very good for what it was, and I I, I kind of liked it. It wasn't the best thing on the card, though. Getting close to the best thing on the card, though, was the Gorillas of Destiny taking their seventh IWGP Tag Team Championship and becoming the most successful tag team in New Japan professional wrestling history. They defeated Dangerous Techers, Tai Chi, and Zack Sabre Jr., the current champions going into the event, 19 minutes and 18 seconds of a thoroughly entertaining tag team wrestling match. This was really good. You are Dangerous T at his best. Zack Sabre Jr. at his flippant best. And Gorillas of Destiny looked like they were nailed on for this championship. The only kind of flat bit was the finish with a solo finish, which you don't expect in a tag team match. You kind of want a double team finisher. But it was as definitive as you're going to get when Tama, sorry, Tangaloa pinned Tai Chi for the championships, making them the seven-time tag team champions and World Tag League champions. They did it clean-ish. <laughs> kind of as much as clean as you can expect, really. But this was a lot of fun for what it was. I really enjoyed it. And it may have been my favourite match on the card so far. Certainly by that point it was. And then there was the single match for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship Challenge Right Certificate. Now, before this match, there was a video for John Moxley. The Pale Rider is coming. When, we don't know. Hopefully soon. Satoshi Kojima is, you know, a bit sick of defending this championship. Satoshi Kojima was the challenger for the certificate. And he took, he really poured it on. 40 minutes and 12 seconds. And you were reminded of how good Kojima is. You know, this is the man. This is the guy who ruled all Japan. The guy who ruled New Japan. Former G1 winner. Former IWGP heavyweight champion. Former old triple crown champion. He really knows how to cook when he gets the chance. And this was really good. This was really, really good. It was top-notch Kojima, but even better, it was top-notch Kenta. Kenta's been hit and miss in his New Japan career, really. And he really, really had something to work with here. Kojima was his kind of guy. They're both King's Road guys in that sense. They both have that heavy-hitting, hardcore style. And it worked really, really well. I'd watch these two wrestle all week long. And it was nice to see the old guy just get within a hair's breadth. You know, he didn't take the win, but he was awful close. And that's the kind of thing you need with a match like this. Now, I was threatened to be underwhelmed by this one. <laughs> Hiroshi Tanahashi and the Great Okan had a singles match. See, when I first started getting back into New Japan a few years ago, um, a 17 minutes, 13 second match was kind of main event level for New Japan. That was kind of what they did. You know, the 20 minute, 25 minute match. This was... Not even as long as the tag team title match. But it was well worth it. This was really good. This was excellent, in fact. Um, I was really impressed with Great Okan because he started to tell a story that's much cleaner. 
he really knows what he's talking about when it comes to laying a match out and making it fit. Um, his moves make more sense in a singles format than they do in a tag format. And I think the World Tag League effort, though it was good from that team of him and Jeff Cobb, I don't think it was as good as it could have been. Um, I, I think this one, though, was actually a really great performance from Great Okan. And Tanahashi, it takes two to tango. And he was outstanding. Like, another level outstanding. Tanahashi's one of the greatest workers ever. And when you put him in the right environment, like Okan, who's a great natural athlete, got plenty to work with, and there's something to be worth having out of it, he's absolutely the man for the job. I honestly thought that you would get Great Okan taking the win here, but it was kind of a more like, you'll have your day one day, but today is not the day. And it puts Roshi Tanahashi back on track, perhaps in the main event picture, certainly in the upper mid-card picture. I wouldn't mind him having to go at the Never Openweight Championship. That would be really interesting. Oh, God. Kazuchika Okada defeated Billy No Mates with B Priestley in 35 minutes and 41 seconds. This was good for what it was. However, Osprey is trying way too hard. Far too hard to make this work. And that was the annoying thing about it. In one sense, having said that, Akada can make a brilliant match with anyone, and when someone is naturally talented as Will Ospreay, he can make an outstanding match, and that's what it ended up being. Once the rough corners have got knocked off Ospreay and his new heel persona, which I don't think anybody likes, I suppose that's the point, but it's just really annoying and not very good. Um, once that got out of the way, and they got down to just being vicious... Akada's always going to win that fight, and that's the story. Is Osprey's not here yet. He hasn't got that next gear to really crack it as a main event wrestler. This match will send him a long way to being a main event wrestler, and he looks like a threat, and he is a presence in the heavyweight division much more than he ever has been. Akada's done him a lot of favors here, but it wasn't. It, I'm not saying it's bad. It's actually very, very good. I'm sure Meltzer will give it four and a half stars. They'll probably give it seven, but. I think that the actual technical point of view, it was crisp, but this is the Okada I want to see. Scrappy, determined, absolutely going to get what he wants at the end of the day, and that's what he did here. This was outstanding in that sense. Just could be better, I think. I hate to like have a go at Will Ospreay for the sake of having a go at Will Ospreay, because that's not, well, fair. I don't think he should be this level in the company, but um, I think that's the issue for me. It's just... I kind of bristle at him, and that's where we are, really. But there you go. Got a lot I can do about it. He's got a big money job, and he's there, and not many people like him. But there you go. But Okada, looking like a threat to the heavyweight championship, and that was pushed heavily on commentary as well. Kevin Kelly, Chris Charlton, and Rocky Romero doing a fine job on commentary. It was nice to have them back at ringside reacting where they were. The presentation for this show was absolutely great. The Tokyo Dome. The only issue with it is as you got in later into the matches, because there's less people in there and they're spaced out, I won't say it's, it's, it's just weird. You could hear the voices and the shots, and especially when forum exchanges, you could hear things crack, as you can hear my fridge crack in, the back, crack in the background, but you could hear things crack into the crowd and they echoed, and it kind of, on one hand, it sounded really cool. On the other hand, you were going like, it's really empty because they can't put that many people in, but there you go. Then we get to the main event of the evening. Kota Ibushi defeats Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships 
in 31 minutes and 18 seconds of an utterly brutal match. Uh, Nato and Ibushi pull out all the stops. This was their best match because it wasn't actually as brutal as all that. There's a couple of bumps in it which I wouldn't want anyone to take. But the actual storytelling was on another world. The story that Ibushi has been telling is that he's the most adaptive wrestler. He wrestles the person at their own game and beats them. And that is a brilliant story to tell. Nato's story is that he has a game plan and his game plan has worked and no one's got past that game plan. It took him a long while to find that game plan, but he's got there. And today the game plan didn't work. And that's the important thing. And Nato, just outstanding work, as a champion should be. He was just on a different planet today. And Ibushi, as he's he's a great wrestler, but he's never really, the story's always been he's not quite got there yet. Well, now he's there. And this was an emphatic win in that sense. And if Ibushi can wrestle like this, all this momentum he's had from the G1 and moving forward, he's unstoppable. And that's your narrative for the next big challenger, which I think is going to be Kazuchika Kada, and I think it's going to be at Dominion. I think that's a long-term plan in my head. That's what I'd do. Um, but yeah, I think you're going to have a long reign from Ibushi. I'm not suggesting Jay White's not going to win it tomorrow. I kind of think he is, because I don't think they'll go with a one-day reign. It's not a New Japan deal. It's not their kind of thing. But then again, they've never had the opportunity to run two main events back-to-back like this. So who knows? I'm really intrigued as to what's going to happen tomorrow. But then again, I'm also intrigued as to whether I'm actually going to be able to watch it from home because we're locked down as a nation. So we'll see. But those that's my review of Wrestle Kingdom 15 Night 1. I'll be back tomorrow with Night 2, and I'll be back on Wednesday with New Year's Dash. So for now, this is the Troopany Show's James Troopany, who you can find on Twitter at Sheriff Lone Star. You can find the show, or the channel I should say, at Troopany Show on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook, The Troopany Show, and Patreon, where you can keep us free forever for everyone. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye!